Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. My name's Chris Sutton and today I'm excited because I'm joined in the studio by Kat Lawrence. Um, thanks for coming in again, Kat. Thank you. Um, Kat describes herself on Instagram as all style, no substance. I'm not sure about that. Um, a recovering addict, writer, mental health advocate, public speaker. I've actually added a couple of things on. Okay. This one. I think you should put provocative, sassy, outrageous and kind-hearted. You sound like my mum. Do I? <laughs> I'd like to meet her. What's her name? Shanna. Shout out to Shanna. Yeah. Um, right, so um, today we're going to be talking about addiction. Mm. Um, and I think that we may... Um, like the definition of the word mm-hmm. is probably... I haven't got them written down. Okay. But is probably quite important because... Yeah. Um, it can mean different things, I think. So when yeah. when we when I said to you, what would you like to talk about, and you mm-hmm. said addiction, mm-hmm. what were you thinking? Well, it's funny, you know the the little tagline "All Star No Substance." Yes, I had that before I found recovery on my Instagram. Okay, and I now have it because I am very stylish and no substances in me. I like so it. So it's gained a new meaning. That's cool. So before it was very self-deprecating, and now it's like a badge of honour. I really like that. Yeah. No substance. Yeah, no substance. Oh, you're way too clever for me. That's all right. So some people probably got that already. you had to explain. But no, I had it. I had it even before that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I like. I like that. So yeah. So addiction. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to me? Well, when oh. you said you wanted to talk about addiction, yeah. What aspect of addiction do you want to talk about? Um. Oh God. Loads of it, basically. Because I think mainly that I was an addict and I didn't realise okay. I was an addict. So what were you addicted to? I was addicted to uh, self-harm, a myriad of drugs, uh, mainly alcohol. So I'd say if you wanted to really put me in, in a clean box, I was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But I used a lot of lots of things oh, right, fine. to okay. escape myself. Yeah. Right, so there's the, so there's the key to it there. Yeah, yeah. That last bit that you just yeah. tagged on there is really important mm. because, as you know, um, the purpose of this podcast is to show people that there are ways of dealing with difficulties. Yeah. That to show people that there are things that can make their lives more positive mm-hmm. or better. Mm-hmm. Um, and having met you um, previously, I know that you know same with me with like anxiety yeah. the recovery is something that you know you'll be in forever yes. you won't get to a point yes. where you go woohoo yeah. I've reached the summit yeah. it's not like climbing a mountain yeah. and you get there yeah. you're always going to be on this now. Yeah. Yeah. so so the kind of so addiction is for me you know the same thing mm-hmm. it, you may always be addicted to the, whatever the substance mm-hmm. is but it's about how do you not go back to it I've learned that um, some people are addicts and some people are not. And they're very easy for me to detect now, which I think can scare people a little bit. But I, um, in the sense that I will always be in the 12-step recovery programme that I'm in if I want to remain clean or sober. Um, I use the word clean because it just includes kind of all things for me. So all drugs, including alcohol. Um, and that my behaviours are so ingrained as an addict um, that they come out in loads of different ways. The, the difference is I now have the awareness 
mm. and I use different mechanisms to to combat the, those feelings. And more importantly, I've learned to sit with myself and sit with those feelings. And when they're really, really uncomfortable, and I'll reach out to people, talk to people, pick up the phone, go and see a friend. Um, sometimes I stay in complete isolation because I'm not perfect and I'm still learning, but I don't pick up the phone to a dealer, go right. to the shop to get drugs, pick up a knife to self-harm, get on Tinder to get a bit of willy to make myself feel better. <laughs> but that is like... Um, one of the things you said there about you've learnt to sit with yourself mm. because to actually get that yeah because um when we talked previously about self-harm you were saying about the you, you mentioned that briefly as well and i think that that's one of the keys actually isn't it to people yeah. making them like helping themselves to feel better yeah is not going looking for the escapism mm -hmm. is and that's so hard yeah. to not actually look for that way out yeah. or that quick kind of cheap way out. So quick like. fix would be it shopping, exercise, you know, whatever, food, be it healthy, unhealthy. There's a lot of addicts that are kind of under the radar because they use things that are less obvious than heroin, for example. But yeah. it's still self-punishment. If someone's exercising to the point of self-punishment yeah. or they're restricting their food or they're overeating, you know, there's... And you know the one that blows my mind, Go literally, on. is... Um... Literally? Well, not literally. I hope not. Thoughts. Mm. Like so, um, when I when I first went to, it was a CBT therapist that yeah. said this to me. Um, they said that I had. Uh, they said something about OCD, mm. um, and I was like, I don't wash my hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I don't wash yeah, my hands yeah, all the time. Yeah, and they were saying no, but you're 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 obsessive. You're obsessed with your with thought. You can't get yeah. away from your thoughts. Mm -hmm. You are constantly yeah. and like I'm not 100 percent sure of this. You know the label, if you like, but it's irrelevant. The fact that it that it brought that up to me yeah. to even think about yeah. if that's not contradiction um, was like oh okay. And I'm actually what I am what I have previously and probably currently am obsessed with is grabbing hold of these negative thoughts primarily about myself. Yeah. And therefore, that puts you in a state where you then behave in a certain way and you treat people in a certain way. Do you mean and holding on to them and berating yourself? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but they're kind of like, they're maybe not like uh, extreme, the extremes of kind of, you know, then go into, um, so like an addiction around drugs or mm. alcohol or something that is um, very noticeable in a, in a person, mm. like externally, if you like. Mm. Um when you're just when you're beating yourself up with thoughts mm -hmm. and you're like so I don't know I think the best way to explain it is I heard someone once say you know you you're in, you're in this kind of prison of your own mind right. but you are like when you wake up in the morning who decides what thoughts you're going to think you know are you choosing to think something and it's like how many people get out of bed and go you know I think I'm going to go and sit in a sewer and mm -hmm. I'm just going to mm -hmm. take deep breaths and look at all this crap yeah. all day. Yeah. You know, because essentially, metaphorically, that's what you're doing if you're going to live in with I your I think thoughts. that's dangerous, to be honest. I think that it's really easy to go, you've got mental health problems under one umbrella. And that, that's it. You've got mm. mental health. That's like saying you've got physical health problems. So I'm going to tell you what you need to do for your physical health. I have... Um, so I have uh, something called PMDD. And I, that brings me to... Um, a couple of days a month of being completely full of self-hatred, suicidal, 
I'm working on it, guys. I'm getting help, and I'm yeah. sitting, you know, yeah, yeah. having treatment in the moment for it. But there are days when I absolutely cannot control my thoughts, and I cannot break out of that. And there are people that that can't do that. However, there are days when I'm fully capable of snapping out of my, you know, uh, negative thinking, mm. and I want to drag my feet with it. But and then there's other days I wake up and I think, bad thoughts be gone. All positivity today. <laughs> so, I think it's it's. Um, Can I ask you with the foot with the first one? Yeah. When you were in that, when you're in bed, mm. and you can't get out of bed. Yeah. Are you able to think? Mm. Right. This is a loaded question. Go on. Are you able to think during that time? Mm-hmm. I know I've got through this before. No. I know it's going to no. end. No. And everyone tells me that. But the thing is, when you're when you're not in it, you can't remember how bad it is. Mm. And when you, I hmm, actually, I guess to a certain extent, otherwise I would just end my life. There's, no. there's hope. I, there's uh, hope. Uh, and I think, as a person, the most important thing in the world is hope. Hope that dangerous it can get better. Dangerous, but positive. Yeah. Mm. So I think that there's part of me that just, I just plug on, and I just, you know, try and get through it. And and it's, you know. People are, my friend said to me recently, he said, you're most powerful in those moments that you think you're the least powerful because you get through them and you're using all that strength to get through that horrible, horrible time. But the difference now is I ride it through, Mm. I don't get absolutely obliterated because I can't sit there and, and, and feel that way, basically. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, when you, so in terms of, I mean, incidentally, like, like I, I agree with you. I, mm. Like, w- when I've been in, um, with my anxiety and with the kind of, when it, um, it's actually more relevant probably for the anxiety than when I went through a period of depression and kind of um, thinking about ending my, ending my life. Mm. Is I get to a point where I get so worked up that I'm like, this is never going to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I agree. I, I can't in that state think, yeah, but I know I'm going to come out the other side of this because no. I because I always have done. No. I can't. I can't get there. I can't think no. of that. It's just um, your mind is like, you know, there is only a hundred percent. Bloody eight people who say I'm going to try 110 percent. There is only a hundred percent. Thank you, but, Simon Cowell. Shout out to you <laughs> in the back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. The, um, you know, I am 100% consumed with mm. that anxiety at that mm. time. I cannot have a thought. I of, think I'm 99.9% you know, because I think otherwise I would end my life. I think there's definitely that, there's that absolute, even if it's a tiny flame that's flickering. Yeah. There's, some, there's something that's keeping you there, which yeah. is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and it, it might not, it, I don't think it's necessarily always conscious it might be almost like a muscle memory thing that you yeah. know you're going through the motions and but people saying it's a choice and that's something about addiction that I really struggle with is people thinking that you have a choice to use when you are in active addiction yeah um you don't so i think now that like, i know that i have a choice over picking up my first fix so let's say for this example alcohol so i would have a choice over my first pint Mm-hmm. If I were to have a relapse, I would be somewhat in control of that. Yeah. I would not be in control of the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Yeah. 
because I'm an addict. So I've, and I know a lot of people will be sat there thinking, but you do have a choice. No one is sat there, at, well, I don't know of anyone that's sat there, you know, age five, like, that walks past a heroin addict on the street and thinks, that's, that's my goal. Yeah. I no, want that. Absolutely. No one does that on purpose. If you are an addict, you cannot stop. So when you, um, when did you lay, like, get the label? Mm. Of an addict. I took that on myself when I uh, entered into the fellowship that I'm in, the twelve step recovery program. Right. Okay. Program. I'm glad you said that because because yeah. my point. This is my point was, did it help? Did that help, or hinder? Something like we talk. I talk about labels on this podcast quite a lot. Mm. But like, did that? Did that help you? Because sometimes actually, being told, or or discovering yourself. Yeah. I have this. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean you can go and necessarily go and Google it and find out how yeah. to get fixed. Then. Yeah. But like, did did that help you thinking? Okay, I'm an addict, so actually, there are other people that I'm aware of that, mm-hmm. that are addicts, so I can go and learn. One hundred, and we'll keep it there. Percent, absolutely. <laughs> so I remember when I my I walked into my first meeting and I was I was a broken lady, and I got there, and it was the first time in my life I had this overwhelming it was a really emotional experience for me because I was sat there in that room and I listened to all these people and I identified with what they were talking about and there was a woman who was talking about her journey with addiction and it was a very different story to mine but all the feelings that she spoke about and the need to act out and the inability to stop using even though it wasn't fun anymore um I just suddenly and then hearing people share back to her, it was the first time in my life I just uh, people understood me it was mm. the first time people got me and I didn't have and it was just overwhelming and that's why I think identification is so important for people to hear yeah. to talk about it and, and and to understand oh my god yeah I'm the same I can't even imagine the emotions you must have felt I just honestly it was I it was the one of the I think it was the most overwhelming experience I've ever had in my life. And I just got on the phone to my mum and I remember walking home in the rain. It was all very, uh, yeah. It's going to be a film one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And just crying to my mum. Just crying. And I knew that she knew from my cry that something had just happened and I had this major breakthrough. I didn't even have to say anything. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, so knowing that I was with my tribe... And not only that, but there were people who'd found a solution Hmm. was, I mean, it saved my life. You know, I had a conversation with my mum. It was my 30th birthday a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about a friend that I lost recently to addiction. And um, she just looked at me and she just said, I thought that was going to be you. And even though I knew it, it was the first time I'd heard it. But I didn't get sad. I just thought, I am so grateful that she doesn't have to worry about that anymore yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. that i mean that's massive i mean mm. the, and there's a couple of things there with with your mum but also um it seems to be a common theme with people that are actually doing things that are really positively helping them yeah is relationships mm. and is about other people and you mentioned yeah. previously i think on the, the last show you know you, you can't do it on your own no and I think that's one of the really hard things when you do feel isolated yeah. and you feel like um, you're the only one going through something and that other people won't understand. Yeah. I mean, this is from person. This is yeah. me. Me, you know, this is my experience. 
Uh, and then you meet people that do understand and that do, mm-hmm. and you think, hang on, you sound like, that sounds like me. Yeah. You know, so for me, again, it's like around anxiety. Yeah. When I've been to like a peer-to-peer support group and heard people saying, God, I really struggle to get on the train today because I just worry so much that the doors aren't going to open. Um, you know, like, which yeah. is, that's what yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah. that's one of my anxieties. Is it, so I nearly didn't come to work or whatever. Yeah. And people look at you like, what? Oh, you know, there, yeah, yeah. it's, so, so when you hear someone that says something so similar to that, mm. and you kind of go, oh, okay, you're one of me. Mm. And then actually, if you can form like a, um, a, a friendship with them or for, you know, that as, can... lo- as long as I think, I think the very important thing in that equation is so, you know, it's the therapeutic value of one person helping another that's going through the same thing or that has been through the same thing. And you cannot be in the same place as someone else and be helping each other. You're just yeah. going to drag one another down. Yeah. So it needs to be someone that you trust and that has, you know, made progress with that. Yeah. Um, which is why I think it's, you know, I know we spoke about self-harm last time, but people have this real fear that um, teenagers are out there connecting on the internet, giving each other ideas and dragging each other down and giving themselves tips and techniques. Cool. <laughs> But why don't we saturate that with people that have found a solution mm. so that there are other avenues to explore? Yeah. You know, we don't just say we're not talking about self-harm because it's triggering. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk about it in a positive way with people that have overcome it? Yeah. You know, and it's the same with anything. You know, I couldn't have sat in a room full of addicts who, would, who were all in their first meeting and we would have been able to come to some kind of... We would have just gone to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, um, it, it's finding people who who are further along in their journey to help you, I think that that is the key. I wonder how, like, um, how much you would, um, it would benefit if you were to, like, get out in schools and things to talk to, because I know you're really keen to, like, do public speaking. Watch out, 2019, that's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Like you you say, it, it can really, really help. And, and when someone, so even, like, on the, certainly with depression, um, I am that person that's kind Mm. of lived through it and now can try and help uh, you know help other people and it's amazing that the you know when you when you can actually give someone a more positive perspective and say there you know there is there is a brighter future there for you you know there is something there so so with addiction people are going to be tuning into this go saying right thinking i want to hear about addiction so so where do you think this is a big question where Mm. do you think where does it come from um so lots of people think different things I think for for me it all stemmed from my absence of a father figure in my life and I my behaviors came out very very young so I was very kind of manipulative for my mum's attention nothing nothing was ever enough Hmm. I always wanted more and that's where my addiction stemmed from I always needed slash wanted more do you know where that came from because we talked about this before we um Thousand and one plus one. Oh well, yeah. Uh, yeah. We did, yeah. We did like the uh, <laughs> yeah. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. About the first thousand and one days of life, or yeah, like you say, it's thousand and two, and like where those neuro neuro pathways are. Yeah. You know, your synapses are created uh-huh. and your belief systems and all that. But I don't know what the answer is. It's just that when we when we've talked before, like we talked about excess. Yeah. And. I have a personality where, well, in fact, even the way I'm describing that, I'm not that comfortable with. But I think more is better. 
So mm. I just have a perception that more is better. Mm. So I'll have a coffee that's really nice and I'll think, yeah, oh, I'll have yeah, another yeah. one. Yeah. And then I think, oh, I'll have another one. And I end up, you know, I end up three coffees in and I'm, and I'm, I'm getting on a bit. So I'm going to the toilet every 30 seconds. Do and you I'm do it high, because you, know, you want to keep the niceness from the beginning or do you do it because you can't stop? I feel like I am treating myself. Mm. I feel like if I find something... Why don't you have a decaf for your second and third? Well, some, it, sometimes I do. Sometimes I, right. I, can, I can do that. Okay. So, so when you said about, mm. you know, you can spot an addict and not, mm. and I'm, I'm guessing here, but when you said about, you know, you have your first, the first drink mm. you have a choice about, but then the, beyond that you don't, yeah, yeah. and that's an addict. You know, so I used I, to drink eight cups of coffee right. a day. Yeah. Excluding and then energy drinks. So I, so like, so my, so it's interesting, isn't it? Because I would always think, um, I'm not suggesting I have an addictive personality, mm. but, but I'm trying to look at the kind of uh, properties of it of being like, or well, one of them is excess. Mm. And like, I think, I think the important thing to remember is so you can have someone who is not an addict who has a problem with alcohol at some point in their life. So say they've had a bereavement and the way that they deal with that is to drink excessively hmm. and then they come out of that after two years. They're not automatically an addict. Like no. It's a very much a kind of a way of thinking and a pattern of thinking. Um, and I, you know, I just cannot stop. So there was friends of mine who, you know, would be, we'd be having a party and it would be an all-nighter and then they'd be like thinking about getting some breakfast and going to bed. I'd be searching around on the floor looking for baggies, trying to cram more drugs in me because I was so scared of the come down for one because my mental health couldn't take it, and mm. the come down was so horrendous. Um, and you know that's coming. I know that's coming, but yeah. also just reality. I don't want. I just don't want to deal with that. I need to be in this kind of place. But Is it's that... that horrible hoovering up of drugs that aren't doing anything anymore. Yeah. And it's like you know, any person that isn't an addict would be like, okay, well, this isn't bringing me joy anymore. I'm going to stop. Yeah. Like, I could not stop. I was just trying, trying, trying. It's just like I suppose, like. I suppose the reason I'm likening it to the coffees for myself or mm. is like because it's it's not as like extreme because I'm not talking about drugs or alcohol necessarily but like um with that excess yeah I am like that with some foods or I'll yeah. get into a state of I can't stop eating that you know until yeah. it's until it's gone yeah I'll just eat the packet till it's gone I'll eat the you know I, I've like I've I've been known to like I'd I'd sit and eat six Mars bars because and I'd I'd have had seven but I only had six yeah you know when it's like would you then get in your car and drive to the shop and get more no see that's the difference yeah so I, this is this is what I'm saying so I'm kind of so I'm in, but what I'm interested in is what's behind yeah even if one is more extreme than the other and one is addiction and one is yeah. something else yeah what what's happening there what because it feels like mm. a very it feels like the answer to me is like that there is an emptiness that you're trying to fill. Yeah. You don't want to fill feelings. You cannot deal with feelings. You cannot deal with emotions. Okay. So anything you can do to, to numb that, to put that at a standstill, you will do. Right. You cannot, like, it's so just all about escaping okay. that. So that's, that's what it is. That's very different. Yeah. So if you're using drugs, alcohol, food, exercise, sex, whatever, to escape 
feeling a feeling yeah to take yourself out of being on your own because being on your own is the most lonely place yeah. that you're in then you're probably an addict and you need to stop being so mean to yourself basically and I think there's there's elements of that within a lot of people that you might you know it's the reason people go oh do you know what I'm just gonna have a drink yeah but they're not then drinking constantly for the next however long and then that's going into other behaviors and so how hard must that be I mean to the realization if that's the realization that yeah. it is about yourself mm. and you what mm. you know trying to get away from feeling anything yeah that sounds like it's a seemingly kind of like you're already in a disadvantaged position mm. if you like and particularly if you you know if, if you are using or drinking and your mind mm. isn't in a particularly clear state but then to be told or to find out mm. or to realize somehow oh the way out of this is just like myself more are you yeah. kidding like well the first way the first way that? out of it is you have to stop all drink, all drugs, all of it. Yeah. And that was never... I So, I had stopped. Something happened that was awful, that was completely me. And I thought, I've crossed the line here. I need to stop drinking and taking drugs. So, I did that for about a year. And I was so depressed, anxious, angry, upset, confused. It was one of the worst periods of my life. Because I just stopped taking yeah. drugs. And I thought that was the solution. You know, I've been told by medical professionals, by family, friends, you need to stop drinking for your mental and your physical health. You've got to stop. Yeah. And I would go and buy a load of Stella because I would be like, you don't understand me. This, I can't stop. Yeah. So I had to do, like I had, went through withdrawal, stopped, and it was awful. And then I had one day where I went to visit my sister and I thought, I'm feeling good. I'm just going to... I'm going to do it. I'm going to have a drink. Mm. And then I had this drink and I just went, oh God, I'm in trouble here because it felt so amazing and everything was just lifted. And then I made the next day, I was sat there with this drink and I was just thinking, how am I going to get another one? So how am I going to get another one when I've just promised my sister you just that we're one. having one? Managed to get another one and then I made the whole of the next day about drinking cocktails. She doesn't even really drink. Mm. My sister's definitely not an addict. Don't know whether that's because she's grown up around me and thought I don't want to be that. But I don't think it's an active decision. It's not an active yeah. decision of being an addict, you know. Um, but yeah, and then I, it went from that to buying a bottle of vodka and hiding it under my the bed where I was staying at my mum's. So I saw that. I call it my free relapse because then when I got into recovery, I would have had a relapse if that hadn't happened because that for me was my proof that I was an addict, okay. that I'll have that one and it will just send me down the rabbit hole again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it kind of just spiralled out of it. So firstly, they tell you, you've got to stop. Yeah. And for me, I've associated that with a lot of pain, but they then give you tools and support to be happier, which, which is, you know, I, I'm not there now every day because I am scared that I'm going to use drugs and alcohol I do it because it improves my way of life and my understanding and every aspect of my life so much that's what I go back for now yeah okay um and 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 the fact that I still have these patterns of behavior and I still act out or want to act out but it's not using the drugs and the alcohol and the self-harm and you like 
Tell me about the um, tell me about the pride in that. Like, do you do you feel a sense of pride in that? Do you feel so? My pride can be a huge defect for me, and it can get in the way of me uh, learning. Sometimes, I'm a very proud person, and I always have been. So, mm. I chose to use my pride in a way that would benefit me, which is I now am extremely vocal about my recovery, and I'm in a position where you know I feel grateful that I can be. I'm not in a job where I have to to hide that yeah. and I chose to be very open about it in my last place because I know as soon as I give myself any leeway for being secretive those patterns are just going to sneak back in again mm. so I'm very proud and I tell everyone I am 18 months or I'm this amount of time clean because I know what I'm like I'm really proud and if I have told everyone there's no escaping that so I'm only going to feel really yeah. rubbish yeah, yeah. if I then relapse yeah, so it's like another thing. It's another layer, isn't it? Place yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. But like the the, I think with any kind of um, like path that you take to try mm. and improve yourself or feel better or feel happier or whatever it is that's a positive, you know, a positive mm. you're trying to take. You know, there's one of the most powerful things I've always found is like to give yourself that opportunity to reflect. And you know, I'm not saying you know to be patting yourself on the back all the yeah. time, but just to reflect. This is where I was. This is where I am now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've I've moved. Yeah. I've moved. I've moved yeah. somewhere there. And you know, so is is that part of what you do? Is that like something that you do consciously? I'm just thinking of what other people might. I'm a bit rubbish at that, to be honest. <laughs> like I I'm always searching for the next goal and the next thing, and I focus very much on the behaviours that still happen, and. I even, you know, give myself a hard time for wanting to do something but not acting out on it. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, no, I do, you, there's, there's days where, you know, if it is a real struggle and I've got through it clean, I think, oh, God, okay, well done, like, you know, but am I lying? Maybe I don't do that. Do you, <laughs> do you feel then, all right then, do you, feel, do you feel like you like yourself any better now? Definitely. And that came from putting down the drug of men. So that was, um, my sponsor very quickly suggested to me, very quickly suggested to me, that I went on a 12-month man ban. Mm-hmm. So it took me a little while to get the kind of the hang of it, which meant the same as um, drugs and alcohol, complete abstinence. So not engaging in, you know, chats with guys that might lead to one thing or the other. If someone reaches out to you on social media, you don't have to talk to them. You know, yeah. everything. So it's celibacy on every level mm-hmm. to the point where... You know, it was I'd stopped going to pubs and clubs. Um, I stopped kind of going anywhere that there were guys just yeah. for a bit. And that was the hardest, probably like, other than, you know, stopping using initially. That was so hard for me because I didn't realise how much I used. I, like, I wrote an article and I said I self-harmed with knives and tinder. And I did. I really yeah. did. Like, I used guys... And I was just looking for someone to rescue me. And I thought if I was to have sex with someone, they'd fall in love with me. And I was constantly seeking validation. And if someone didn't message me back straight away, I'd be absolutely devastated. Yeah. And I really, the biggest learning curve for me sitting with myself was that. And also connecting with women because I didn't trust women for a long time because I knew that they really saw me because they were less easy to manipulate than men. Mm-hmm. So being on that total abstinence of taking myself out of that was the biggest learning curve for me in terms of sitting with myself and being comfortable with yeah. myself. Definitely. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an amazing, like, 
like journey you've been on like to get to this point I think it's powerful that you're saying you do like yourself a lot more now yeah for sure I think it's you know we've, we've... I think I'm great yeah you are great and you I know. never ever before and the other thing is I'd be so judgy about other people that would say that about themselves yeah because I find you know a lot of the time if if someone's annoying me or aggravating me they're reflecting back something that I do that I don't like about absolutely, myself. Absolutely, absolutely. So if, if, if someone I now, you know, champion women and men and everyone that has that about them, yeah. that has that self-assurance, I think it's a beautiful thing and I really yes. love hearing people talk about that because I think it's a value and I think it's something that you... We're very British and it's, you know, in, the British culture is... You know, it's not done, is it? It's not, not the done, done thing. No, not at all. Reserved. But like, I think I'm a really lovely person. And it's taken me, you know, like 28 years of thinking I was an awful person. Yeah. So if anyone can kind of think that that sounds appealing, enough to stop using drink, drugs, alcohol, sex, exercise, food, whatever it is, like, it feels great. Yeah. You know, I didn't walk into that room and everyone was sat there hanging their heads down having an awful time. People were laughing, chatting, they found a new way of life. Yeah. And it was like really attractive and that's what I wanted and that's I amazing. saw hope in that. Well look, we've, we've come to the end again. Mm. It just flies by. But I reckon there's so much there that might, you know, that could help so many people. Mm. It is really inspirational to see that you can go from one place to like to the place you are now. Yeah. And I know you're still, you're on that path to something else, you know, like, yeah, yeah. and you'll continue to be on it forever. Mm. Um, but I think that it's really, I think it can be really powerful for people who are really struggling to listen to someone else's story and go, okay, maybe I can do it. Maybe yeah. I can do it. So, yeah. look, thank you for coming in again. And how can people get hold of you? So what are you on Instagram? So, yeah, um, so I do videos, um, motivational things and things about mental health. So you can find me on Instagram, Katrina underscore E underscore Lawrence. And I have a Facebook page, which is Katrina e lawrence as well. fantastic so go check them out yeah absolutely do that do it it's brilliant i i, I love watching your um clips and and your instagram's brilliant so thank you again for coming in thank, thank you you guys for listening as always um follow me on instagram mental conversations twitter mental comms uh, and another episode will be winging its way to you soon